Yep. Check, check. Five, four, three. You gotta count up to your number. <laughs> it's gonna take a while. <laughs> Welcome once again to 32 Thoughts of the Podcast, presented by GMC and the new Sierra AT4X. Well, the the beach interviews continue today with Nashville netminder UC Saros. Now, personally, I think he's one of the most important players in the entire National Hockey League. Not only is he an elite-level netminder whose play has been shown to will the Nashville Predators into the playoffs in seasons past, but also for what he means to goaltenders just starting out in either minor or youth hockey. Because, quite frankly, younger and smaller-sized goaltenders can point to UC Soros every time they're told they don't have the height to play the position in today's game. UC Saros is the fourth-round draft pick who essentially went from one goalie factory to another. From Finland to Nashville, both have the legit reps of producing top-flight tendies. Elliot and I sat down with Saros on the beach last Friday at NHL All-Star Weekend in Fort Lauderdale and talked about a number of things. You're going to hear a lot of stuff about goalies, shocking, ink, a cool draft story, some cool stuff about his stick collection, and also he refers to and shares some stories about maybe the best storyteller the NHL has ever seen. We'd like to thank Katie Cafaro of the Preds Communications Department for setting this interview up for us. So without further ado, here's UC Saros chilling on the beach in Fort Lauderdale on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Enjoy. Get the puck back. Torevchenko drives right. Backhand pass deflected away. Rebound save. Saros. Big save by Juice on Tyler Pitlick. Saros slides left to right and pins the puck to his left hip. Robbing Alex to bring. UC Saros will win this game with a franchise record 64 saves. 5-3 Nashville. Alongside Netminder UC Saros of the Preds, pretty wonderful location, pretty easy to say yes to the All-Star this season. I'm guessing that's true for pretty much all the guys. Yeah, I think everybody loves being here, so yeah, and not a bad place to have podcasts. So it's not <laughs> nice right on the beach. Nice. Now, you play in one of the real nice cities in the NHL. Could you play, though, on a beach like this? Because I'm looking at this, and I don't think I would be as effective as I could be. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be bad to go day off you go to the beach and take a little swim but at the same time I kind of like uh, snow every now and then too so yeah I don't know <laughs> um, you know one of the things that we've been talking about when we talk about you on our podcast is I don't think the NHL world appreciates how influential you are in hockey there are a lot of players whether it's Connor McDavid and Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby talk about how much they influence kids and all that but for goaltenders that aren't giants, for goalies when they're first starting out who aren't big and always here, you have to be six foot four to play net. Now they can point at you and say, you know what, that guy's an all-star goaltender and he's not six foot three or six foot four. Do you get a sense of how important and influential you are in the game? Because I really think it's big. Yeah, every now and then you hear hear some messages and stuff like that, and I think it's cool if I get the inspire some of the kids and that you can make it in different ways too so every now and then I see it. Did anyone ever try to talk you out of this? <laughs> Say this isn't for you? Uh, not like that obviously I was never a big guy even as a young kid and uh, you would hear some talks every now and then always but it never really bothered me and uh, I just wanted to play and uh, obviously especially my draft year it was a it was a big big topic and stuff but 
yeah, I never really thought about it too much. How many times in your pre-draft interviews did you get asked about your height? I mean, probably not, every not, single one of not, them. Not everyone, but most of them. They would like sometimes like walk in the room and they say like, "Take off your shoes." Like they measured me and like, <laughs> stuff like that. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I get it. There was also a team. I, I'm not gonna say the team, but they called me and uh, they wanted me to get X-rays of my bones to see if I can still grow. Uh-huh. And their results was there's no growing coming, and they didn't draft me. But that was probably the most extreme. <laughs> If I look up your record against teams on the internet, will there be one team that you have a great record against that I'll be saying that's the team that told them they weren't taking them? Nah, I'm not sure. Probably like pretty average. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me go this way. Which team do you really like beating? <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> well, because the one thing I wonder is like, there's there's been occasions like where a player will hear the same question 46 times, and finally they'll snap and say something sarcastic. Did you ever do that? No, I don't think I really. I mean, I get it. Obviously, helps if you're a big guy. You. Mm-hmm. you more angles to block the shot so I always get the question to you so and I I mean it's always uh, fun for me to kind of show that I can play with this height too. Now when did you know that Nashville liked you? Did you know they were going to take you? No not really so I was kind of surprised had no idea and I remember my draft years after the lockout so all the rounds were kept the same day mm-hmm. and I was in Finland I was watching the stream and it was like 5 a.m. or something like that when mm-hmm. finally the name popped out. But, yeah, I had no no clue that they would pick me. Uh, so, yeah, only thing, obviously, watching Pecorino a lot mm-hmm. warm up. So that was kind of one of the only things I knew about the city at that moment. But afterwards, really lucky and happy that they picked me. When you got saw your name there, did you wake up your entire family? Like, did you scream in excitement or anything like that? We were all, all still, like, watching it. So, <laughs> But, yeah, we were all pretty tired. So it was just that. Uh, <laughs> We're like happy. You're picked. Now we all go to bed. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> that kind of situation. <laughs> the Nashville Predators have this incredible string and this incredible run, this incredible legacy of creating elite defensemen and elite goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Like it is exemplary. And you just mentioned Pekarini a second ago. Do you have any idea why that is for goaltenders specifically? And you know now you know Askarov is on the horizon too. And like it, it always seems like right from the very get go. This team has always been blessed with great goaltending. You're part of it, obviously. Any idea why? Yeah, that's a good question, like you said. I feel like it's always going to be the stable, but probably like the scouting, and they have been doing a really good job. And I don't know if they have a lot of former goalies and defensemen to see the talent, <laughs> but, but yeah, I haven't really thought it that way. But yeah, it's a good point. It's been like that. And like you said, like picking up like guys like Marius Ekholm in the fourth round and Josie sure. and like, late second and stuff like that. So, Shea Weber, second round yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you got to really have an eye eye on that. And I know, like, they really value, like, um, obviously you got to be a good hockey player, but as a person, too, so maybe that that is, uh, like, a one part of it, too. What did you learn from Pecorine? I can only imagine, you know, riding shotgun with Pecorine for the time that you did. You yeah. pick up a few things. What did you learn from him? Yeah, it was obviously huge, like, since day one, he helped me on and off the ice so much and like come into the first training camp and he's like every practice he's like diving in front of the parks and uh, just leading by example so well and then off the ice and locker room like treating everybody 
always the same, doesn't matter who you are. And I mean, those things are pretty cool to see and uh, it's easy to learn from those two things. So it's, yeah, those are probably the biggest two. Are you a competitive practice guy? Yeah, I, I like to always practice as hard as I can. And obviously when you have like a guy like Pex, it was yep. example. And our goalie coach, Ben Vanderklok, he's, he's awesome and always demands a lot. And we always try to make the most out of the day. So who is the toughest predator to stop? And who is the predator you most love to drive crazy by making saves? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I know, like, Philip Forsberg, his yeah. release is sort of unpredictable, so he can never really know where the puck is going, and obviously his shot is really, really hard, too. And uh, I don't know who, <laughs> who... Is there a player that I try to... <laughs> is, is there a player who really gets frustrated when he can't score? Shane probably, but he still scores too. But but yeah, if he doesn't, he he always like. He's a bit <laughs> of a crybaby. Eh? Is that what you're saying? He's a bit of a crybaby when he doesn't score. <laughs> Matt Duchesne quote crybaby when he doesn't score. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, he also scores. So it's not like he's crying all the time. <laughs> you know, we've seen over the past couple of seasons specifically the rise of the elite level shooter in the NHL right now. For the longest time, guys, you know, forwards just go in the offseason and just lift. Goalies worked on their game, and goalies had the advantage because of it. But now everyone's got their own shooting coaches and ways to, you know, learn, uh, you know, where to let go of the puck, you know, all the pre-shot movement studies that they all do, etc. How do you accommodate for that, knowing now that the players shoot harder and more accurately than ever? And right now, there's a lot of thought that goes into what happens before the shot to try to make it as perfect as possible. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it's it's changed a lot, and I feel like nowadays, like guys are on the ice even like the whole summer too, and working on their skills. And all the young guys, they have like skills coaches like as a young age, so they they shoot so well right when they get in the league. So yeah, I mean, as a goalie, I feel like I kind of want to be more on the ice to during the summers to not take too much time off and find different ways to get better because don't want to get left behind with all that talent so kids now at, at all ages have like you mentioned shooting instructors skating instructors um what was it like for you growing up did you have any of that how often were you on the ice what was life like for you as a young goalie no it was still kind of like that old school that you play like different sports in the summers and then hockey in the winter and like soccer in the summer and then stuff like that and yeah it was a couple of hockey camps in the summer but other than that nothing nothing too crazy we always had like uh, goalie ice sessions like during the season in my hometown so that was huge so we always had like a goalie coach even when I started as a goalie really young so but yeah not, nothing like it is now who's your favorite goalie growing up I, re- I really like Flurry because he was like acrobatic. He had the yellow pads. Yep. I kind of copied that, and then uh, Rask and Pex came yep. in the league just a little bit later than him. So those three were like I watched a lot of YouTube videos of those three. Did you ever say to Flurry that I idolized you as a kid just to see what his reaction just would be? It's just to make him feel really old. <laughs> I never got a chance to meet him yet. I had to ask one of his sticks. Mm. Uh, last year and uh, I got my first win against him so that was pretty special too but mm-hmm. yeah maybe maybe I get to say something to him one of these days but yeah I only heard good things about him yeah. now so you've got one of his sticks yeah I who got, else do you have like who other sticks do you have mostly pecs I got right away but yeah I don't have like too many 
I've been a little bit lazy asking. <laughs> I should be asking. You got than, a lot of time. Yeah. You got a lot of time. Yeah, but those two and then a few like uh, player sticks. But I was gonna say any players, only goalie sticks yeah. or other players. Which players you got? I got Yosis, mm-hmm. Yosis thick, and then I got Salomakis and Tolvanen is my Finnish yeah. teammates. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's about it. So it's pretty, so like a not too big of a um, collection. You've got time to build yeah, to know, build like this Tomarov, up. who was in Toronto, yeah. he would like oh, yeah. he probably have millions because every World Championship he would ask one from each guy, and he would go home with like thirty sticks. And even <laughs> even like when we're on the ice, like summer skating, he's asking guys sticks like. He has to have like a full apartment of like sticks. So. <laughs> Let's check his eBay account right you away. Know, I'm gonna tell you, guy, guys told me like there was one time I was interviewing him uh, and talking to him in the Toronto dressing room, and he said something along the lines of. You guys might think you know what's going on in here, but you guys have no clue. <laughs> yeah. And the, another player laughed, and we were talking about it. He goes, that guy, you guys have no idea. Leo Komarov is the funniest guy in the NHL. Yeah. Tell me some stuff about him. Yeah, I mean, he could have his like own podcast with like thousands of episodes without any guests. Like, he could go on for like <laughs> hours and hours, like just talking. And yeah, you wouldn't even need one, and it would be just funny. It's like... I don't know. It's he's a different breed, but yeah, just a funny guy. G- guy said like he's like the funniest guy in the league. Yeah. I, I I wanted to ask you about last year, and uh, you know I, I was asking one of your teammates about you, and and he said like the toughest thing he thought about for you is last year you have an unbelievable season, and then you got hurt right before the playoffs, and he said like he'd never seen you so disappointed because it was and he said it wasn't only you it was like just that the fact that the predators weren't going to be able to go in with you to help them and it really hurt you and bothered you a lot yeah it was it was tough for sure especially because we've been like we grinded the whole season we're right on the playoff line there and and we finally make the playoffs and i i got kind of hurt there and especially the series we had against carolina year before and remembering how fun it was and Awesome. The atmosphere was in Bridgestone, so you were really looking forward to the playoff game. So it was like a, a tough timing in that case, but yeah. Did you try to play? Like, did someone have to say to you, this is not happening? I mean, I kind of knew because first time I could go on my knees was like eight weeks after it. So oh. it was like, there, yeah, there's no chance. It was weird injury, especially as a goalie having a high angle sprain. Like, yep. I was actually skating week later like a like a play as a player mm-hmm. but i couldn't twist my ankle for like eight weeks i was like it was weird like you could do everything in the gym after like three four weeks but then playing goalie it took three months at least to being back to kind of normal because you're always kind of twisting and turning and like stuff like that so i kind of knew that there is not really a chance did it affect you at all at the beginning of this year? Because at the beginning of this year, you were a little slower getting back to yourself, so I was wondering if that affected you at all. I couldn't really work on my post play on yeah. that side of the ankle, but don't really blame that on it too much because I was a few weeks before the season, I was kind of being back to normal. Mm-hmm. So in the summer, it affected a little bit, but I don't want to blame it all on them. <laughs> I, take the excuse. Take the excuse. <laughs> You know, the other thing I want to ask you was last year, like I do a radio hit in Nashville every week, yeah. and they were furious last year. They thought you got shafted in the Vesna voting. Do you? Does this bother you at all? I don't think. I Obviously, Chesterkin, I think he's a clear winner, and yeah. Markstrom had a good year too, and a couple other guys like Anderson, Sorokin. So I was 
actually a little bit surprised I was part of the top three and it was and it was a great honor mm-hmm. and it was it was a good year for me too but I think I was kind of where I I belong so I no uh, bad blood from me <laughs> that national media they look out for you that's yeah. what it is yeah. they look out for you you had an outstanding season you know uh, Brian Burke always makes the point that it shouldn't be the general managers that vote on the Vesna because it's the general managers that least understand goaltending. <laughs> that that's the one position where they always mess up. Who should vote for the Vesna? Uh, yeah, I think maybe we could do like a goalies too, like uh, something similar how the NBA has the all-star voting, like maybe like 50% is like could be GMs and then like 50% would be goalies or stuff like that. I would think. you want to vote on something like that? Would you want to do that? Yeah, I think goalies would be happy to, to vote on that. And I think it would be cool to see the results too. And I think it would be pretty point on. So who's the best goalie in the league this year? Number two after Saros. <laughs> number two. Number two. You can't only really beat all Mark's uh, stats. He's, yeah. been, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Well, what's the most important stat for you? Marty Berdura used to always talk about wins, wins, wins. What's the most important stat for you? Yeah, it's a little different. I think in North America, like the wins is like in Finland, like growing up and playing the game. I feel like there you look more like the save percentage compared to the wins. But of course, playing here, you get to appreciate the wins more too. And uh, then I don't look into the advanced stats too much, but I think what's the one that like goals goals above expected I think that's kind of like a good stat nowadays too like you can I think that is kind of like a good thing too you know why that's a good stat because you're always very high in that one (laughs) you were you were very high in that one last year and you're very high players love the stats that they're really good at they find that those are the most important stats like honestly I I check that almost every day because I just want to know like who's the like the goals assist points the goals against average is not a, or save percentage it's not a true indicator yeah and your numbers there are always good very good yeah obviously like when it's a long season the, then it's like save percentage kind of shows mm-hmm. where you are too but if it's like a five games like a like a shorter thing then it's kind of hard to say yeah well if you look at it this year we're on pace for the lowest save percentage by goalies in about 15 years do you like the way the game is going? Like, offense sells, yeah. but that's bad for you. Do you like that? Yeah, obviously it makes it really more challenging for the goalies and harder for our lives, but I get it. It's, like, entertaining, and mm-hmm. at the same time, it's also, like, fun to play, and I like to look at it. It's, like, a positive challenge that, as a goalie, then you also get to be the difference maker more and show your skill set more, but, yeah, obviously you got to be on top of your game every game with how the league is right now aside from playing net what's the thing that you're the most competitive in i mean uh or are you one of those guys everything yeah i mean all the sports it's hard for me to i always try to play cool but then sometimes it's hard when you're losing or something <laughs> so, so so who's the what do you compete in like what are the predators players compete in that's not uh, hockey well a lot of guys play golf i'm not a big golfer so i know there's a lot of chirping on that and then the nfl the fantasy thing they have but it's, do you do fantasy football no i i didn't do that too so it's mostly even like for me in the practice like when guys are scoring and they're like doing like a big celly and in my head i'm always like it's driving me crazy but i always like just be cool be cool like <laughs> don't let them see you sweat. yeah yeah 
Uh, a couple more for me. Um, how important, like on your list of things to achieve in the NHL, where do you put scoring a goal? <laughs> mm, good question. Yeah, that that would be cool. And obviously, it was awesome to see when Pex yeah. scored a goal. And then this year, there's been a couple guys. Shesterkin. Yeah, Shesterkin. <laughs> and they, I think Swayman was really close yep. earlier. And so, yeah, I think it would be cool. And uh, well, yeah, one good thing about the... If there's something positive about the injury happening, I stayed in Nashville pretty long for the season, and only thing we could do on the ice was my puck handling skills and shooting the so puck. Practice empty mm-hmm. net goals. Yes, a little bit, and I got a little bit better at uh, playing the puck now too and shooting. So maybe, maybe one day so that would be why? cool. <laughs> would John Hines have a heart attack if you st- if you started <laughs> if you lined up to shoot? And is it worth it? Is yeah, it worth it? We actually played in Ottawa this year, and I think we were leading three nothing or two nothing at yes. the end of two, and then they rimmed the puck, but then it was a, and I, I thought about it for a second, but it was offside, and they blew it down, and and Ekman was actually yelling at me to leave the puck, leave the puck too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the only. Be quiet, oh. Ekholm. I can <laughs> score here. Yeah. Um, last one. Uh, I'm a big ink guy. Obviously, you are as well. What do you have? I got. Um, a few tattoos on like my dogs, <laughs> on my oh, dogs, like and then I like got a couple smaller ones on my leg, like from with my best friends and mm, stuff nice. like that. But yeah, I got always like tattoos, and I got my first few ones last few years. But yeah, I was looking at yours too. I really, yeah, I'm, really I'm like addicted. That. I'm addicted. Yeah, I, that's this, really, this can be my. I gotta finish this. Yeah, maybe this summer really we'll cool. see. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like you take one, and then you're like, oh, I gotta. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's yeah. there's no chance. Um, any hockey ink, or do you keep that separate? Uh, I think I'm gonna keep that separate for now, but yeah, I know like my parents don't really <laughs> like me. They always I get a new one. They're like, "That's the last one, right?" And but yeah, it's the last one for now. Do you know yeah. that I'm in the NHL and you can't tell me what to do anymore, mom and dad? <laughs> like that's that's yeah. what you should say. Yeah. Um, this has been great. Thanks so much for this. Enjoy the rest of the season. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So that's UC Soros of the Nashville Predators. Now, personally, I'm trying to lobby Sportsnet so we can have all of our NHL interviews done on the beach. So far, it's falling on deaf ears. By the way, the video, the entire interview is available at the Sportsnet YouTube channel. Hope you enjoyed that. Next podcast, Friday morning, usual time, usual space. Enjoy. We'll talk to you Friday.